Would your book, program, product, or organization be of interest to the other listeners of Fierce Women Writing? Advertise on the show and reach smart, creative people who love writing in books, just like you. For more info, there's links in the show notes to the contact page of my website or slide into my DMs on Instagram. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Dr. Rosina Bakari. Writing and publishing empowering literature is a significant platform for Dr. Rosina Bakari. Her scholarship includes authoring five books, publishing and research journals, and a collection of poems. She's an assistant professor at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and the founding executive director of Talking Trees, an empowerment organization for adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. Welcome to the show, Rosina. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to be here. Rosina, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? (laughs) I need a lot of alone time, not just when I'm writing, but I need a long time around that space. I need a long time before in order to get me in a mood. I need a long time afterwards <laughs> to process what I've written. So I find it pretty challenging to write if I don't have a significant space of a of alone time. Why do you write? I write to fill my soul. It makes me alive. Uh, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a people person. I would when I'm in a company of people, but I'm not a people person in that I seek out a lot of interaction with people. Uh, And I think that's because I tend to have a lot of internal conversations. And so writing is a way for me to uh, exploit those internal conversations conversations and give uh, give them a life outside of my head and they come into conversations when I'm with people, but also the writing is a way for me to have conversation with people when I'm interacting with them. What are your best writing tips? To write lots of drafts. Uh, Anyone can write a few sentences and write something quick, but in order to be a good writer, I think it requires a lot of draft writing. So your first draft is just, as I said, get that conversation out of your head. So it shouldn't be long and drawn out and trying to make it perfect. Because when we get to the part where we're trying to make it perfect, we're actually confining ourselves. And I don't suggest that we do that when we're engaging in the writing process. Just write out Whatever is in your head, it doesn't have to be in any particular order, doesn't have to be completely coherent, 
You just have to know that those ideas in your head are now on paper and then you can do something with them. So the best tip is write four drafts, at least four drafts before you complete that piece, whether it's a book or a blog. That's excellent. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? To walk away and let the block be there. Uh, Research shows that the attention goes um, where the energy flows or the energy flows where the attention goes. And so uh, the easiest way to keep your mind on something is to try to take your mind off of it. (laughs) So if we identify ourselves as having a block, then have it. Have the block. Don't resist the block. Uh, Allow the block to be there. And then instead of trying to get rid of the block, ask yourself some questions about why the block is there. Am I trying to do too much? Is too much on my plate? Um, Have I isolated myself so much that I'm not having any conversations in my head? Maybe what I need to do is get out and be in the world, have some experiences, have, have something trigger some other thoughts in my head. If I'm too isolated and I haven't been with anybody for a long period of time, then there, there's nothing triggered for me to write about or think about. So take some time to figure out what is that block really about? Maybe I don't really want to write about what it is that I'm trying to write about. Maybe I need to back away from that for a little bit. But don't be, don't be discouraged because you have a block. There's so much that can, that can be explored just by having a block. What about tips for editing and revising? Again, draft after draft after draft. So the first draft, you're just getting information out of your head and onto the paper. The second draft, you're putting it in order. Like, oh, this is a bunch of stuff that I put down. You want to see if you can get some kind of flow to it. When you do that, you're going to find that, oh, I didn't talk about this piece and I should have. I need to put some more in. You're going to realize, oh, I talked about these seven things. Two of them are not really related and they don't fit into this piece. And so the second draft, you're simply organizing what it is that you wrote, filling in the gaps and taking things out. The third draft, now you're actually starting to look at the words that you use, the language. Is it compelling? You want to know now, now that I have all these pieces in here, am I trying to influence people? Am I just sharing something about myself? Is this something I want people to do or want people to understand or want people to change? You're looking at the purpose of that piece. You're so that the language can fit its purpose. That's the third draft. Then the fourth draft, you're cleaning it up. Like, okay, now that I have my purpose, now that I have my content, I know who I'm writing for and and what message I'm trying to deliver them. And you put all that together. And then your, your fifth piece is no longer a draft. That's your read through. You're just looking to make sure that your subject verbs all agree and there's no typos in there. You're, fifth, you're done. So that's my, that's my writing process is that again, four drafts with particular purpose for each draft. And then my fifth piece is ready to go. I love how you broke that down for us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. For our listeners interested in publishing, can you estimate your submission to publication ratio? Most of the stuff I do not submit to publication. And that's because of the time 
that it takes for for information to be published, that's the biggest deterrent. And then also there is a high level of rejection rate. I do write, that being said, I do write for medium.com. I have a platform there. And on medium.com, they, what they call is curate. So you write, this is your own platform. And then medium curates it, meaning they selected to go to a larger audience. And so about at least 90% of my articles that I write on medium.com are curated by medium.com. So they don't just stay on my, on my platform. They distribute them uh, more widely. I think submissions are, are great. Honestly, I probably should do more submitting. But because I write primarily for the purpose I talked about, like how am I getting these thoughts and ideas out of my head and on paper. I'm not always as concerned about how people feel about it. So I don't do as many submissions as a lot of people. I don't write for people to critique. I write because I'm really passionate and really convinced that what I, what I write deserves to be heard. And I don't really need anyone to stamp that for me. So I think I'm moving in that direction maybe, but that's not my primary purpose for writing. Who are some other women writers that we should be reading right now? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know that I have the best answer to that. I don't I don't I don't know about women writers. What I do have are favorite women topics, and I think that the hot topic that's important for women to read about right now is anything having to do with body autonomy, anything. And that, and that comes with conversations about body shaming, loving your body, the body keeps the score, that sort of stuff. Uh, because that's been, that whole conversation of body autonomy has been so absent from society in general and so absent from women. And I think it's so critical, so important, important for women to see their bodies as whole, not baby making machines or for the sake of, of giving men pleasure or for some beauty contest, all those things are relevant, but they're not whole. And so this whole topic of getting women to be fully present in their bodies because it belonged to us and it, and it carries us around and have all these different functions, not just a role or a function that society wants to overlay on us at any given time, which keeps changing and shifting and we keep trying to follow it. But this whole idea of body autonomy, I get to have presence in this body and it belongs fully to me and I should be able to express it in ways that feel good to me. That whole conversation is really critical. So I think any writing that we see in that area, we should grab hold to. Thank you for that recommendation. And where can listeners find you online? Uh, RosinaBakari.com. You'll find access to different points of my work. Uh, I would be grateful if people uh, found me on Medium.com. And that's Rosina B, just my first name and last initial. And you can find all of the articles that I write. I write, I try to get in uh, two articles a week. Sometimes I get in more. Sometimes a heavy week, I may only get in one. But I definitely am there uh, regularly, consistently. So that's a great platform. But um, the Rosina Bakari, that's R O 
S-E-N-N-A-B-A-K-A-R-I.com. And you can find access or information about the books that I've written, as well as the access point to the medium.com articles. Fierce Women Writing is a partner of Terra Preta Review, which exists to unearth phenomenal writing and art by folks at all stages of their careers. Terra Preta is drawn to writing and art that grows from the trash heap of life, and they're especially interested in work by members of marginalized communities. To read their first issue, and to submit work for consideration, visit terrapretareview.org. Would you read some of your work for us now? Oh, I would love to. Thank you for asking. So on, uh, just a little background information. In 2018, I self-published, as I said, I'm not all that great with submissions. Uh, I, I self-published my memoir about living in silence as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse for 40 years. And uh, so I'd just like to read the introduction to that work, if you don't mind. That'd be great. Thank you. Silence is not a quiet space. And letting go of the past is not a task. Healing is a work of art. I could no more let go of my past than I could make a picture appear on a canvas by using my mind. But I tried. Despite my effort to live in denial, take on distractions, or ignore the effects of sexual abuse, pain kept begging for my attention like a spoiled child. I cringed every time psychological triggers forced me back to the reality that pain has no place to hide forever. It would live within me until I excavated it from the inside out. I had to find my tools and chisel away at the pain. When I mentioned to my husband my decision to write a book about living in silence as a survivor, he nodded favorably and without hesitation. His response felt like an affirmation of expectation rather than confirmation of support. You know, like when your child tells you they earned an A on the spelling test or the meteorologist reports it will not rain on your 4th of July picnic as you peer out the window at a sunny sky? Had I stated the obvious? I knew my husband wanted me to be happy and wanted me to heal. Still, I desired conversation about how I came to this decision. I hesitated to force engagement with him at that level, since either he already knew how or did not care. He had witnessed my struggle for more than two decades, and he walked beside me, even if he did not always hold my hand. He certainly refused to carry me, no matter how tired I seemed. I knew not to ask for more. Ten years earlier, a post-traumatic stress trigger led me to my tiny three-quarter bathroom where I balled up on the floor in fetal position, sobbing in fear, regret, and profound confusion as my husband lay in bed equally confused as to how to console me. In the 15 to 30 minutes it took for my anxiety to clear and the voices in my head to quiet themselves, 
I made the most crucial decision of my life. I decided to live openly as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Thank you, Rosina, for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Rosina's writing prompt at the top of your page, in free writing, whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Rosina's created this writing prompt just for us today, based on the excerpt she read from her memoir, Too Much Love Is Not Enough. What I would like for people to write about is a letter of apology to your younger self at whatever age you think some wounding occurred. And it doesn't mean that obviously your your child is not necessarily something that you did to yourself, but at an age where you felt like something needed to be said to a child, your child self, that was not said Say that now to that child. Write that letter of apology, recognition, acknowledgement that that wound happened and what you wish someone would have said to that child. Say it now as your adult self. I really enjoyed the interview this week with Dr. Rosina Bakari. She said a couple things that really stuck with me. Like when she said that she writes to fill her soul, some days it's like that for me too. When she said that she really needs alone time before and after writing, it made me think about what I need in the time surrounding writing. And how about when she shared her four draft process for revising? I've never heard anyone break down their process quite so methodically. What did you appreciate about what Rosina shared? I'd love for you to let me know. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two ways for you to ensure the podcast continues. The first is to share the episode with a friend who could use a burst of creativity. The second is to become a monthly supporter on our website. I mail out special treats to supporters at the $6 a month level and up because I love sending and receiving mail. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I've really been enjoying making this show for you. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and you've been listening to Fierce Woman Writing. Tune in next Thursday when we'll be hearing from historical fiction author Elizabeth Bell. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.